0: podcast. Today I have bought in the big guns and I have got a super special guest expert for you today in a topic that I know a lot of you want to know more about and that is influencer marketing. Now it is definitely not something that I am an expert in which is why I get in the experts for you so that they can impart all of their knowledge to you. So if you are a product-based business, you've tried influencer marketing before and it didn't work for you, or you're thinking about using influencer marketing to grow your business, then get stuck into today's episode because it is for you. You're listening to The Social Hub Podcast a place where we give small brands the skills and know-how to master all their social media, digital, and content marketing. I'm your host, Stacey Kranich, mum, champagne drinker, and self-confessed karaoke queen. Join me in a journey of real conversations and meaningful messages that will help you grow in your business and life so you can have the most epic version of both. If you have a big vision and are ready to shine, then grab a cuppa or a cocktail and listen in. Okay, welcome, Emily, to today's episode of the Social Hub podcast. I'm super excited to interview you. Likewise. Um, we have been friends for a while internet friends for a while <laughs> and um, you know we met over our mutual love of helping people with their social media but um, I soon found out very quickly that you are an expert in influencer marketing as well and I just know in the last you know 12 to 15 months in my business that influencer marketing is something that you you can't really half-ass it like you need to know. you're doing and it's definitely not something i wanted to specialize in myself and that's why connecting with people like you is great because it is a huge part of marketing particularly for product-based businesses and for them to get seen and noticed is um a really powerful tool for their marketing so um to start with i just really really love you to introduce yourself to the audience tell us who you are a bit about yourself and yes and um yeah sure Well, I have been
1: in the digital space, digital marketing space, since I left uni probably about 12 years ago, I think. And since then, I've done quite a few, I've been in quite a few industries within the marketing space, um, real estate, property development, property management, tourism, uh, and most recently, hospitality. I, about two and a half years ago, started working for uh, a national um, hospitality franchise as their social media manager I then fell pregnant so I went on maternity leave and while I was on maternity leave I had um, a few people that I'd worked with in the past contact me and ask if I would do some things for them so do some marketing things do some social media things and I thought oh my god I'm on maternity leave leave me alone <laughs> but sure enough I was like yeah sure I'll help uh, I, I'm a bit of a workaholic so being a new mum isn't work enough, right? So I took on some social media work and I loved it. And my, my husband, actually a segment came, do, came on um A Current Affair. Some girl was sitting on a beach behind her laptop making millions of dollars. And my husband said, you could do that. I was like, oh, how ridiculous. No, I enjoy my job. I'm happy. Just no, I leave it at that. Anyway, it got me thinking and I was like, oh. Maybe I could sit on the beach with my laptop and make millions of dollars. It's
0: like the um, dream, hey?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I remember my my boss, where I was at, said to me, when you come back from maternity leave, you can still work with us, obviously, but you can, if you want to work from home, you can do that. You can do your job pretty much anywhere in the world. And I said, oh, you're so right. I could do this job from anywhere in the world. So... I only went back part-time, and by part-time, I mean eight hours a week. I was, didn't want to leave my baby for too long. And um, I was there for a couple of months and I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be at home. I want to be a mum, firstly. And secondly, I, I need to keep my mind active, and I'm a workaholic, like I said, so why don't I just do it for myself? So that's where my other
0: little baby, OMG
1: Marketing, came from.
0: Yeah, so that's, that's a bit about me. And I think that's such a common journey for new mums. And I think you know we are so lucky we live in the age of the entrepreneur, you know, and we do have the ability to take our expertise and do it for ourselves. And you know, doesn't even have to be an online business; can just be a business we do for ourselves and then be there more for our kids. I didn't get to do that when mine were babies, but I'm loving being able to work from home and do it for them now as they get older. And let me tell you as they become tweens and into teenage years, it's still just as important that you are around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, for sure, each little age or development is, is so exciting and brings with it. It's new challenges and yeah, it's, it's exciting. I think being a mom was really exciting. I love it. Yeah. It has its challenges, but I, I love it. So that was my, my main reason for starting up OMG was to, to be around for little Molly and, uh, be a mummy but you know I never ever like five years ago I had you have said to me Em, when you have a baby you're probably going to quit your awesome full-time job that you love so much and be a stay-at-home mum and a little entrepreneur I'd, I'd laugh at you I'd say no yeah. I'm not I'm going to climb the corporate ladder and yeah. I'm going to get to as high as I can I'm going to be so successful doing that no way would I and I'm going to go back to work you know three months after I have my baby yeah right yeah, yeah. right So things change and and it's where I am today and I love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. And I love that you told our audience something real about yourself and um, about your life and motherhood because this podcast is more than just marketing. It's definitely about, you know, sharing your journey because people get inspired by your journey. So that's cool. cool. So. If we're going to get stuck into influencer marketing because that's the topic of today's episode, mm-hmm. um, can you share with everyone why you're so passionate about influencer marketing and the benefits that it can have for a business?
1: Sure. Uh, so many reasons. So many reasons. I love influencer marketing. First and foremost, increased revenue. So 89% of brands say that they ROI from influencer marketing is comparable or even better than other marketing channels. 89%. That is massive. That's with a influencer huge statistic. Marketing, it is. It's, it's really yeah. um, quantifiable. You can, you can really measure how successful your influencer marketing is. So that's one thing that I love about it. Um, the content that you get from influencers, it's creative. It resonates with your target audience. It's different to, to what you think of and what your photographer can think of and it's real. So I I love the content aspect of it. It can also drive a direct response. So things like clicks, sales conversions, traffic to your website, newsletter signups. It's it's really good at driving a direct response in, in that aspect. And also brand awareness. So you're reaching a heap of new people, a whole different audience than what you normally would in your own marketing practices. So yeah, brand awareness is another one that I love. So they're the the top probably four things that what I I think are huge benefits for businesses when they take on influencer marketing.
0: Cool. And just to go back to something you said at the beginning after I asked that first question, yeah. and you said that influencer marketing's quite quantifiable. Can you expand on that a little bit? Like what are the sorts of things that you can you know, track and measure and that you can actually physically see, because, um, I know with people with marketing and I know some of my clients are very much in this boat themselves is that sometimes it, it's like the results are intangible until you see money dropping into your account after someone makes a purchase. So it would be good for people to see how, you know, what are the sorts of things they can quantify and track with their influencer marketing.
1: Absolutely. For example, I, before I jumped on this or with you, I was looking in the back end of a, one of my clients' websites and there was a pretty little order in there from one of our influencers. And how do I know that? It's all tracked with a code. So for example, if Stace, so I was going to get you to be an influencer for my business, I would give you a code. It would be Stacey20. I'm going to offer $20 off or 20% off, whatever the code is. I'm going to give you that. So when you go and promote my brand or my business or my product, you're going to attach a code with it. So everyone likes a discount. So consumers will go and purchase and use this code and it's, it's yeah, it's there. It's really easy to to note um, where the, the business is coming from. Uh, and that's a mistake that a lot of people make. They give out free product and that's kind of where it ends. So yeah. I'll, I'll touch on that down a bit further. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Things like um, unique uh, sorry, unique links um, and code discount codes are the top ways that you can quantify how effective influencer marketing is.
0: Yeah, awesome. I just wanted to touch on that because I know like there's metrics for everything, and it's the same with me. like I show people you know this is where you can find your engagement metrics for your social media, this is how you can track your growth, this is mm-hmm. how you can you know review how your Facebook ad went, and until people know what they can track it it does feel like a lot of what their marketing is is this unquantifiable process but mm-hmm. you can actually track it all which is really important and obviously you'll probably touch more on that later anyway but yeah. firstly or secondly I'd love you to explain for everyone the different types of influencers and what they do. Cause it's, there's not sure. just one a one size fits all when it comes to influencers. Yeah. and I, people often ask me who, sh, who should I, or what sort of influencer should I be looking for?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to talk about two types. There's a brand ambassador uh, and an influencer. So brand ambassadors, they're generally a longer term relationship and they advocate your brand. In most instances for free or in exchange for product whereas influencers it's their gig that's what they do for a living they get paid to try and authentically or not promote your brand so long-term free in exchange for product which is a brand ambassador or shorter term paid influencers.
0: so what are then Uh, some of the mistakes that you see people making when they start out in influencer marketing and I I guess what I mean by that is like anything sometimes a lot of people will go and try and DIY something or DIY the process themselves without really knowing what they're getting themselves in for and I see this happen with clients all the Mm -hmm. time they've given out free stock yeah or something and they've got nothing in return For it. So, yeah, what are some of the things that mistakes you see people making? Because I'm sure a lot of listeners will probably sit there and nod their head and go, Yep, I've done that.
1: Yeah. So, well, you're right. A lot of people and a lot of smaller businesses have a, a beautiful product that they want to market. They approach a few people on Instagram and say, Look, I'll send you some product if you promote my business. And that's the extent of the strategy. So, there is no clear plan, strategy, or objective behind influencer marketing there's no contract in place and i'll talk about contracts a little bit further but that is really your objective and your what you your expectations and what you're willing to provide in exchange for the expectations. so no clear plan strategy or objective no contract in place and then once the campaign started there's no measuring or monitoring so it's really just here have some free product and that's where it ends so it, Influencer marketing has a cycle, so it's from the beginning where you decide that you'd like to approach some influencers for some promotion through to how successful that particular person was, so just like you'd do with any other campaign. You wouldn't just click start on a Facebook ad and leave it at that, would you? You'd go in and keep checking that your money's being spent in the right way, that your ad's being delivered to the right people, how effective it was, and it. There's no difference with influencer marketing. So there needs to be measuring and monitoring, which I rarely see, um, and picking the wrong influencers based on the amount of followers they have. If you can yeah. see what I'm doing right now, my fingers are up at my temples. <laughs> <It> happens <laughs> so much. You have 300,000 followers, so you must be amazing and you're going to be what just takes my business worldwide. No, no, don't always look for followers, uh, the follower count. Um, but I'll talk more about followers and what to look for when you're DIYing influencer marketing. So, yeah. yeah, they're the top things that I see people um, doing wrong, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and I agree. Like, that's definitely where a lot of my clients are is they've given out stock, which is money yeah. for free um, with no agreement, nothing in place. They haven't even set up a, you know, any structure around how many posts that this person's going to do for this item and essentially out it goes and then nothing else comes of it and it's just like well what's the point and that's where I think some people then just go well it doesn't work instead of realizing that like anything in marketing influencer marketing is exactly the same you need to have a strategy behind it for it to work properly and then a plan to execute that strategy it's the same with your social media content it's the same with your facebook ads it's the same with your email marketing like it all needs to have a good good strategy behind it so then on the flip side of that can you give some examples of some really good influencer agreements that maybe you've helped your clients with or you know sure. like some basics that should be going into an influencer agreement so that when people are approaching a potential influencer they know what to be you know covering off in those conversations mm-hmm. that they can put into an agreement with them
1: sure uh one of my clients who i am doing uh, influencer marketing for is a Lux skincare brand and i've done the complete creation of the influencer program through to now monitoring and measuring success, um, and and always as and as always, I'm looking for other suitable and potential ambassadors along the way. But we have tight contracts around exactly what it is that we require and exactly what it is that we're going to provide in return. We've seen some amazing results bringing on ambassadors and doing it properly. Um, we've got clear expectations, clear guidelines, and everyone's happy. Obviously, they are if they sign the contract. And there's been influencers along the way that have have been keen to jump on board. And then once they've received the contract, sort of back away. And that's okay. It's not meant to be. It's not right for you. And that's fine. But with this particular client, I'm talking thousands of dollars in revenue through influencer marketing and hopefully new lifelong customers. Um, But not only that, this brand is now seen to be aligning with thought leaders in their respective fields. So it's a clean and green skincare brand. So we're aligning with people like nutritionists, wellness advocates, people that have their own yoga studios. And, you know, rather than, you know, so we're thinking outside the box rather than going for celebrities or uh, reality TV stars where there's this strategy behind it. And it's, we're not just going off follow account. So yeah, things to remember, it's not just about follow account. I'm going to keep banging on about that because I'm pretty... Strong on that, um, but anyway, the best thing about everything we're doing with the skincare brand is that none of them are paid, so they really are brand ambassadors. They literally yeah. love the brand, the philosophy behind the products, and the research that goes into all the formulation. So it it just works. It works really well, and obviously their audience are the type of people that are going to be buying clean and green cosmeceuticals. So yeah. Yeah, there's got to be a strategy behind it. And when you nail the strategy, everything else falls into place.
0: So that particular example, the influencers you used mm-hmm. weren't necessarily paid influencers. Yeah, it was for free product. Yep. and But still obviously having that agreement in place, even when it's a, an exchange of product for content or a recommendation is still really important.
1: 100%. And even down to rather than just saying, I'll give you skincare every quarter, the the value of skincare that you're going to provide is really important as well. Just so there is that sort of monetary perception behind the contract as well. So I'm not just giving you free skincare for a year, I'm giving you uh, $2,000 worth or $5,000, whatever it is worth of product in exchange for what you're going to do for me. So clear guidelines, clear expectations.
0: Yeah. And I guess that leads into the the next question I was going to ask you which was how does an influencer agreement work? So I guess, you know, what are some of the things you put in there more things like, you know, it was up to $2000 worth of product or whatever you agree to and why is it important to engage a professional? So, yeah. The benefit of having someone help you with that.
1: Okay, so I'll I'll answer your question in two parts. So, how do the, the agreements work? Well, it it all starts with your strategy. What do you want to get? What's your objective behind getting on an influencer? Is it brand awareness? If it is, you're going to go for different types of influences than if your objective is increased revenue or sales. So things that you would put in agreement, the date, obviously, the length of the agreement, is it three months? Is it six months? Is it five years? That's ridiculous. That was just an example, but Typically, six to twelve is, <laughs> is somewhere is somewhere that you want to be looking at. Um, also, have a a cooling off period or a get out of jail free period. Yeah, um, just so if it's not working for you, if it's not working for them, there's there's a an out. Also, put in there the the value of product or the value of money that you're going to offer in exchange for what you want. So you might want uh, a story haul every time a parcel is delivered and that might be your what you're happy with, that might be all you want. You might want um, a post a week plus three stories a week, whatever you want, make sure it's listed at. But be reasonable. If you're giving away product in exchange for wanting five posts a month and you know three minutes worth of stories, you won't get anyone signing up. So you need to be realistic in your expectations. And then the second part of your question, why is it important to engage with professional? Now, like anything, you can fly blind, you can spend a heap of time researching what to do, what not to do, how to do it, and hope for the best when you do it for yourself. Or you can engage someone who does it as their jam. Too many times I see small businesses trying to do everything. And we're human. We physically can't do everything and do it all properly. Uh, But not only that, it's important to get contracts right and in place and then to also monitor it properly. this is your business, you're giving away product or money, whatever whatever it is. So you want to make sure that it's working. So monitoring and measuring is also really critical in this whole process.
0: And I think too, it's important, you know, if you're new at this, you're not really sure either what you should be giving away in return for X, Y, Z. So having that person there to support you in saying, no, if you're giving them $5,000 worth of product, then This is what you should be asking for in return. So it protects the business owner against potentially losing money, time and investment in somebody that's not going to give them the correct value back as well.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And I have worked with um, businesses in the past who are super generous, which is wonderful.
0: I think all women in business, I think we're the nurturers and we're we're so conditioned to be the givers and we're just, give, 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 and then it, you sit back and go, I got nothing from that.
1: Yeah. I'm the giving police. State. Yeah. So let me tell you, if I think that what you're giving away versus what you're expecting is out of balance, I'm going to tell you, obviously, in a good way, like I, I've had a business in the past who's wanted to give the world in exchange for really not much. I'm like, no, while it may not cost you the, the recommended retail, obviously, it doesn't cost you that much. That's the value of the product. So you need to be demanding that in return from the influencers or the ambassadors. So, yeah, a professional can can tell you where you are on the scale of expectations and objectives versus reality, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I knew when I approached you about doing this interview that one of the key things I wanted to cover off was the importance of an agreement and that's because of the you know, what I've seen my clients go through in particular with giving away product or paying people, but not getting any, you know, not getting any that the right value or any value back in return. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people listening, maybe they've never, they might never have engaged an influencer and they're not even sure where to start, or maybe they've tried. They're one of those people that we've talked about that's tried Mm -hmm. and it didn't work out. So I'd love you to expand for the next part of the interview around what are your best tips for people to get started? What are some of the things they can look for in a potential ambassador or influencer so that if they're sitting there going, yep, I want to start exploring this as an option for my business, where do they even start off?
1: First of all, for those people who have dabbled in uh, influencer marketing and it hasn't worked, please don't be disheartened. If you can take anything out of this interview and rehash it and try again, please do. Yeah, don't be disheartened. It works really well if it's done properly. And like I said, 89% of businesses this year say that their ROI from influencer marketing is comparable or better than other marketing channels. So keep that in mind when you think that influencer marketing hasn't worked for you. My tips pick your objective, think of like minded brands or influencers. You share the same philosophy as your business. You share the same passions, same beliefs that align with your business. So like I said about the skincare brand, rather than going for salons or influencers who've got 300 million followers, we've gone for who are our ideal customers. They're healthy, they're, well, they're health conscious, they like to do yoga, they like to do Pilates, they like to get active. Um, they're in tune with their body. So how can we relate that back to uh, an influencer? Well, we've gone with nutritionists, wellness advocates, yogis. Um, And that
0: really breaks the mold, I think. And I think that's a really important message for people to take away is that your influencer doesn't have to just be someone that all they do is take photos of Mm themselves with Mm -hmm. a picture of your product. Like an influencer can be anybody from any industry really so long as they're aligned to your ideal client that's going to be a beneficial partnering
1: yeah really. exactly yeah. yep and like i said it comes down to your objective if your objective is brand awareness then go for a celebrity or go for someone with three hundred thousand followers if your objective is sales which i'm pretty sure most of those listening will be sales yeah then pick your influences wisely um, another another tip yet. Don't be fooled by follow accounts. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Don't be fooled by follow accounts. Remember, followers can be bought. What you need to be looking for is their level of engagement. Engagement is it yep. sort of bot type engagement with phrases like "love this," "picture looks great," or even just some emojis, or is it genuine engagement from people who actually care and want to know more?
0: Yeah, or well, people tagging that. their friends. Exactly. Um, you know all that sort of stuff as well. And yeah. So when you're looking at those metrics, do you suggest that people get like a copy of their analytics or some sort of proof?
1: That's a tricky question. Uh, not always will they give them to you. Yeah. And secondly, as a small business owner who hasn't doubled in this before, could you understand what the metrics mean? Yeah. So twofold. Ask for it. If, if they'll give it to you, try and understand it. If not, you're going to have to go with what you, what you can and that's looking at their engagement.
0: And you can see that pretty clearly. Like if you go through their feed, you can see who's commenting, who's uh-huh. tagging. Yep. And you're looking for real engagement, not like you said, those comments that are just an emoji because that could be a bot. Even though Instagram's definitely cracked down on that yeah, it now, has. Yep. there's still stuff like that there. And even like pod activity. So pod activity is where it's the same people commenting all the time. You know, are they in some sort of pod or something? You know, really be looking and dissecting their engagement.
1: Yeah, and this is what a professional can do. They can, yeah. they can spot this stuff out a mile away without even spending too much time on it. Yeah. But also another thing to note is to take notice of the influencer's activity. So, do they have genuine interest when they post about another brand that they're working for? So, do they have people tagging saying, "Oh, um, I thought of you when I saw this product," or this is what you should be getting dad for Father's Day or, you know, is there genuine, real engagement with other brands they're working for? So, and, and look at the types of photos they're taking for these other brands. Are they are they good at what they do? Are they good at taking the right photo with the right lighting and captions that they, that they write? Also, you don't need to spend a fortune. Like I've said earlier, we can pay them in money or we can pay them in product. But, if we're paying in money, we don't have to spend a fortune. So this year alone, the most common budget for influencers has been between 1000 and 10000 a year. So not, wow. um, a, not a massive budget. I mean, for a small business, yeah, that that might be a massive budget. But this type of stat is um, a combination of all-size business. But I might say that the next bracket of um, budget is 100000 to 500000 So yeah, that's, you know, a bit of a difference, but... You don't have to spend a fortune.
0: But um, that, that larger amount per year, you, that's what you're looking at paying celebrities yeah, and, and, and people and, like that as an influencer. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yep. It can be hard and super time-consuming to find the right influencer. I get it. But if you have time, review their content. Like I've said, don't take any old influencer with every second post being a paid post. Be selective. This is your business. And the people you choose to advocate it reflects your brand, whether we like it or not. Is their sponsored content thoughtful and creative? Or is it just a quick shout-out with product placement thrown in the pick with no relevance to you as their audience? So not only do we need to check their engagement, but we need to see what they're physically doing, what their post is, what their image is, and also what they're writing about. Who I think is a, a great influencer? You may laugh at this, but I think Davina Rankin of Married at First Sight, however many years ago, is a bloody awesome influencer.
0: You know, I agree with you actually. I I have followed her and I agree with you. I think she does a great job.
1: She can relate anything back to whatever she's promoting. And yes. so you're captivated and then next minute bang you've got a, a hard sell but in a really soft way. It's, yeah. it's awesome. She she does a really yeah. good job. I'm not going to name the next person I'm going to talk to you about, but today this morning I saw a post on another B-grade celebrity Who's in a relationship and she is promoting a dating app. I don't get it. Yeah. This is what I mean. There's got to be strategy and thought behind it. Wouldn't yeah. you pick, if you're going to go down the B grade celebrity path, pick someone who's been single. Like there's so many love relationship reality TV shows. So pick someone who's still single from the episode that they were aired in and get them to, to be an influencer for your dating app. Why would you get someone who's already happily in a relationship? anyway? I'm and am sure
0: some strategy guess, behind it, but... Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, for the listeners listening in, it's like looking at... That's probably a lesson in looking at the sorts of, you know, products that these people are putting their name behind and does it make sense yeah. that they should be promoting these products? Because if it's not aligned with them or doesn't fit their demographic, you know, are they just someone that's going to take on any business regardless and absolutely and is that what you want for your business because you want your influencer to be like your biggest champion and to believe in you
1: but you also have to think about the the end user so your consumers looking at these posts and while we have a fair idea as a consumer what's paid and what's really really authentic if we're looking at um someone who's in a relationship and they're promoting a dating app then we kind of get instantly turned off. Whether we're single and in the market to use this app or not, we're kind of annoyed at the brand for being so sort of flippant in who they choose and also the influencer as well. They lose all credibility when they take on sort of anything. Yeah. Um, And I've worked with influencers in the past who have said no and I praise them for that. They're Mm -hmm. saying no because it doesn't align with their ethics or their brand. It's those types of people that you really actually want to work with because... They're going to be authentic, really fine line between getting the right influencer and not. It's not just about what they're going to give you in return, but it's about what the customer then thinks of your brand.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, it, and that's, you know, it all comes into it. It is really important that you, everyone looks at the big picture. It's not just as simple as I've got a skincare brand or I sell smoothie mixes or something like that. And just finding someone to take a pretty picture on a beach to promote Mm -hmm. your product. There's all this other stuff behind it and you need to really need to look behind it and look at their engagement. Look at if they're promoting other products that are aligned with, the audience that you want to attract and being really thoughtful when you're doing your research. If you are going to DIY your influencer marketing, be very thoughtful about it and conscious about what you're looking for. Don't just look for someone with, like you said, with the big followers and give away your product with no result.
1: I have something else that I forgot to mention earlier in your contracts. If you can um, include industry exclusivity. And what do I mean by that? Well, if I was engaging a celebrity and I was a hairdresser for example, I wouldn't want this influencer to be going to other salons and talking about it. You need to have some kind of industry exclusivity if you can. Um yeah. it looks really uh not genuine if this particular person is promoting three or four different Hairdressing salons, when yep. you're giving them free cut color every you know six to eight weeks, so demand what you want, but also be reasonable with what you expect as yep. well. So yeah, I did mean to mention that earlier. Yeah, come to me.
0: So yeah, yep. no, that's cool. That's all good. It probably leads into um, you know sort of coming to the end of the interview anyway. Is was there anything else that you wanted to share with our audience today that we haven't covered?
1: Probably what I just said. Actually, I, I can't really think of of anything else without having like a a three-hour chat to you about it yeah yeah (laughs) super super passionate about it and I love doing it I love it because I love seeing the outcome and and also actually I do have something (laughs) see I can talk three hours on this topic if you don't have a product for example if you're a I don't know a restaurant don't think that you have to pay them to to come in give them a voucher to come in and to eat at your restaurant give them a i don't know a hundred dollar voucher or a fifty dollar voucher but make sure it covers their complete meal and and if they bring someone in well they're going to bring someone else in so try and think outside the box just because you may not have a physical product that you can't do influencer marketing really think outside the box even if you're a service-based business you can still do influencer marketing and do it really well
0: yeah awesome cool So then the next thing is that if anyone listening today is listening in and they're thinking, yep, I would really like to explore more about this or they have tried it before and it hasn't worked well and want to look at how to do it the right way the next time, can people contact you or connect with you if they want to know more?
1: Um, I'm going to give you, Stace, a link that people can um, connect with me. Also, contact me on socials, uh, my website. Yeah, I'd love to chat further. In fact, I'm going to give five people a free 20-minute phone conversation around influencer marketing. So five people who are listening to your podcast who want to take advantage of the offer. It can be any question that you have about influencer marketing. If you want to DIY it, where do you start, if you want some ideas around your brand and who you should connect with if you want me to help you out with it whatever I'm I'm willing to offer a 20 minute free conversation no obligation let's just you know get you what you need to get started.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. So all of those details and links to follow Em and connect with her and maybe even take her up on her awesome offer will all be on the page for the show notes. So thank you so much for joining us today, Em. It's been great to chat to you. And I just would love to give a full disclosure to all of my listeners today is this is actually the first interview I've recorded so you know it's
1: awesome we've We've had a a, really good
0: job we've had a few you know noises in the background and things going on and I'm still learning how to edit edit that stuff out so you guys might have heard some of those noises it's all about it's a learning curve and the most important thing is the content that's in the in the interview anyway and um, yeah thank you so much for spending your time with us thank you Thanks for listening to the Social Hub Podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, the socialhubau.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to join me in my community and continue the conversation, jump over to Facebook and join the Social Media 101 Facebook group. Until then, stay classy.